This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, how you doing today? I have a member of the hub and a good friend of mine, Stratton Brown. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you dropping everything, getting this done. You sent me a text this morning. I'm like, you know what? A lot of people have these questions. Would you mind getting on? Let's record a question. Let's just bounce it back and forth. So I'm actually going to turn this show over to you and allow you to drive where we go from here. Okay. Yeah. So I was listening to your financial news this morning about, um, what is it? Tesla buying 1.5 billion in Bitcoin, which yeah. I don't think is a bad idea. Yeah. Right. Just to kind of diversify because for me personally, I'm not an economist, right. But all we're doing is printing fucking money. Yep. And so I don't have a lot of faith in the American dollar because we're giving out a bunch and there's going to be a ton of inflation. Mm-hmm. And so once I've been talking to people, I know like, okay, well, how do I hedge against this? Right. Mm-hmm. Because um, a good, a mentor of mine went to Zimbabwe when everything hit the fan. And he was like, one day the American dollar is worth something. The next day I could use one American dollar to buy whatever the hell I wanted. Yeah. Right. And so obviously that's an extreme case, but that's what will happen with inflation to where you completely eliminate the value of it. And I mean, everyone goes off the US dollar and I do not think that will last. Right. There's nothing Mm -hmm. backing it anymore. Like it's, I think it's just straight madness. Yeah. So where do you want to go? Because there's a lot in that. So let's break it down. What's what's so what's your kind of first question? Off, yeah. Let's start off. So what is currently happening, right? That has explained to everyone else why I'm worried about the US dollar, like what's happening in politics. Yeah. So essentially what I got from you this morning via text is, hey, the federal government is spending like a drunken sailor. And just to put this in context, right? And I've said this on the daily financial news. In the last 12 months, 20% of the US dollars ever created were created. That's, that's, that hurts my head. But what really gets nasty is I think we're about to do it again. We are about to once again create 20% of the US dollars ever created in back-to-back years. That's not normal. That should not happen. And there will be unintended consequences. Oh, yeah. Right now, it feels okay because of really a couple of things. First and foremost, the printing of dollars, even if it's 20% or 100%, if it doesn't really enter the economy, is non inflationary. Right. And what I mean by that is a lot of that money now is just sitting in a savings or money market account. You hear me talk about the rich sitting on dry powder, trillions of dollars in savings. So right now we are not experiencing the largest hit from all that dry powder because it's just sitting there doing nothing. If it doesn't move, if it's not current, right? Currency, it doesn't, it doesn't impact things, right? You hear that, you hear the words, Too many dollars chasing too few assets, right? Too many dollars doing this. So right now you're seeing kind of muted inflation because of that. That won't last. Once the rich, 
once people are less nervous, they're going to turn that dry powder into assets, into investments. And that is going to start a problem of inflation. We aren't talking one, two, three percent. We're talking five, six, seven percent. So that's in our future, right? That's coming. There, there's arguments about when, right? When is the big thing? I think it's a certainty that it comes. When is the issue? Uh, let's just take Zimbabwe conversation. As long as the US dollar remains the reserve currency of the world, I don't see Zimbabwe, right? People talk about hyperinflation. And just to pick a number, because hyperinflation is not often defined, let's call it 20% a year or more. I don't right. see that. I don't see it. That would be, that would crash the world economy if that happened. Yeah. And I don't see that happening. That said, we are experiencing inflation already today in two areas. I think it gets worse in the next four or five years. So there's the world of mom and pop and mom and dad and kids of consumer inflation. Gas, food, clothes, technology, the stuff that everybody buys. We are already starting to see supply chain disruptions. We are already starting to see some of that work its way into real life. And frankly, the federal government is lying to us when they report CPI at 1%. What's CPI? Uh, consumer price index. It's okay. basically a grocery card of goods that they supposedly look at every year or every month. And as it rises, it's supposed to ripple into CPI, consumer price index. It's supposed to be real life. It has, it has changed over time to a point that it's almost unusable, right? If you use the CPI from 20 years ago today, it would show CPI or inflation at like 10%. But they, they take this out, they put this in, right? They just, they manage it to a point. So it's almost irrelevant. However, what we are seeing today, and this started in March, is we are seeing asset price inflation. Most obvious is the stock market. Think about the companies in the stock market. What percentage of them today are killing it? Meaning like the pandemic was good. Amazon, Clorox, a couple of things were very good, right? And their companies should be more valuable. But to think about other companies like AMC, theaters, talk right. about a business that's getting crushed, right? Malls. Malls. And now you just see money chasing them and frankly gambling because there's a lot of money raising in, in, in prices of assets. Think, think single family homes. Single family homes have, have gone up 8% or 9% nationally. Dude, that's unheard of. But that's because there's a lot of money, first time buyers, lack of supply. So we're already starting to see it. But the real impact of all that money as I opened up sitting on the sidelines as dry powder is not in the system yet. And it's coming. Is it this year? Is it next year? Is it maybe the year after? I don't know, but it's coming. Uh, that's, that money will start moving. And as it kind of compounds and moves like currency, it's going to raise the cost of damn near everything. Right. And so how do you hedge against that? Right. Because in order to hedge against inflation now, you at least need to get four percent just to be safe on your money yeah right if you have if you're at three percent you're at inflation and you're kind of standing still yeah no you're right so the, so there's a couple of things that i i think about this almost every day so this this is the conversation i have as somebody who owns assets somebody who has more cash in the bank than they probably should so i think about this so first right, and yeah yeah so first and foremost there are a couple of things 
hard assets is the answer, right? Hard assets being real estate, being uh, land, being commodity producing land like walnuts and farms, right? Farms, cattle, yeah. right? Bill Gates, like is recently, farm owner in America. Yeah, just became the number one oak by acreage. I mean, out of nowhere, right? Do you, why do you think he did that? Because the U.S. dollar is going to nothing, and he's got a lot of U.S. dollars, right? Um, and then you have non-correlated assets, as in Elon Musk buying Bitcoin to go into the beginning. That's an right. interesting play, right? Bitcoin is fixed. Uh, the dollar's trash. It's falling. I mean, think about it. He has 19 billion. Test not him. So let's be clear. Tesla. Tesla. Not Elon. Elon. I think. I think he owns 40 percent of whatever. Tesla. Yeah. 19 billion in cash. Cash in there. Just took 1.5 billion through it at it, and they've seen a 300 million dollar increase in like 48 hours. Just insane, right? But what when you really break down Bitcoin, it's non-correlated to the dollar, right? Because it's fixed. There's only going to be ever 21 million coins. So there are people that are moving into crypto because they're like, dude, the dollar's nuts. Right? I, I don't. It's not. I don't have. It's not safe. But then at the same time, one thing I'm running into, like I got to. I got to go read like five books in order to feel confident investing in Bitcoin, right? Yeah, I don't think Bitcoin is for everyone. I, again, I think I've said on the daily financial news, I moved 1% of my net worth to it. That's only recently because um, I was in insurance. It's not, to, if you need the money, right? It's like working capital. It, you, you don't go there. It fluctuates yeah. way too much. It, it, it is super volatile. Super, I mean, you wouldn't do it, right? I, one of our friends went out and bought half a coin and then got out of it like in a week. Um, Right, because it's like too volatile. Uh, so it's definitely not for everyone. But it's but you can see, again, that dry powder that we were talking about, right? That trillion dollars. Some that capital is patient. It doesn't think in weeks, months, years. It thinks in decades. Yep. And they will buy it. They will put it on what they call cold storage. It's think about it as set it and forget it. They will buy thousands of coins put it somewhere, cold storage, never look at it. Or maybe look at it once a year when they do their books. Right, and it's like, okay, where's it at? Yeah, where's it at? But mark to market, be done. But they're doing it for a decade play. But you know, the, then, then go back to, okay, you're sitting on cash. Like I, I've been clear, I have more cash now than I've ever had. Ever had. But- For two years now too, that we've yeah. been talking about. <laughs> yeah, and that's because I see cash as a opportunity cost on investments. I really do believe in the next two to four years, I'm going to have the opportunity to buy more assets because I believe the average consumer is stupid and will overspend. And when we have the next recession, they're going to have to sell assets at a discount. Oh, yeah. If so, that, especially if that, um, what's it called? First time homebuyers thing comes uh, into play, then, then you just create a whole nother thing, right? Then you just create another 2008 because- it's just the whole thing all over again to, to even more now, if we have all this unemployment, I don't even know how, how many people are getting houses now. Dude, then we were, add that into it. Oh, you're so right. We are, if this $15,000 tax credit happens, I will, A, I, dude, you read my book. I will do exactly what I did in the first third. I will buy houses. I will let them appreciate to a stoop, like Norris Drive. I sold that thing for 264. 15 years later, it's worth 210. I will do that again. I will let the first time buyer program take all of my cheap houses to stupid levels. I will then sell. I will sit on cash for another two or three years. As that bubble inflates, we will get smacked by another recession. And I will deploy 
my cash into because my long term my long term goal is not to have cash. I want assets that produce cash. Yep. But sometimes I have to sit on it because I just don't find I'm not in a rush to deploy it. That is what some people don't get. I think inflation is real. I think it will be nasty. But I'm not, like if inflation is four percent to use your number, I'm not going to deploy my cash for six percent. I'm going to sit patiently. And it could be years. That's what some people don't get. I'm willing to sit for years on depreciating dollars because I have bought assets at 50% discounts before. And you just, and you just know it's coming, whatever. I know, dude, we have cash flow coming in anyways. I'm in no rush. I'm in no rush. That's, that's I, right. I see that certainly happening. I see another real estate bubble. The problem is when. If the $15,000 tax credit happens, it's sooner rather than later. If it doesn't happen, it could. I could be sitting on this cash for six to ten years, but I'm yeah. comfortable with that. Not a lot of people are, but I'm comfortable. Got to divide it up by lots of bank accounts, so I don't have the whole 250k limit problem. And I'll, you know, I'll just, I'll just wait. That is absolute insanity. How to federal that? When will it happen? Why is it happening? And let's talk about um, the stimulus and printing all this money for people that don't even know how to use it right i think it would go much better off and i mean this is the government even being too involved of just writing businesses checks for x amount of like child care like you tell the government hey i need child care the government writes a check to your child care provider yeah. calls the day. that way it goes where it needs to go because yeah. even last stimulus my friend's like hey i got a new ipad this other guy got this this other guy got that and it's not even for one all that does is just help apple right it's not even it's not stimulating the economy and keep getting people back on their feet. Yeah. I have a real problem with free money. I think free money sets a bad precedence. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm very clear that this pandemic is knock on wood, a once in a hundred year thing, right? 1918 being the last time. So I, that is certainly a hope. Um, and I realize we need to, we need to help. Basically we need to help people that were told to stay home because their jobs are non-essential. Right. Well, that, you took away their right to work period. Yeah. So pay them. So pay like you them. do something about that. Yeah. You need to, you make, you need to make those people whole. That's what we should have been doing day one. And that's actually what several European countries did. They're like, your job's non-essential. We're going to pay you 80% of your normal salary. Stay home for six months. We got you covered. Right. That's a lot better than bailing out this and bailing out. That. Anyways, we're not going to go there. So what I think needs to happen is we need, we need to, I am significantly concerned about this K-shaped reco K recovery that we talk about all the time mm -hmm. because of the bottom leg of the K. Right now, we're just throwing money at the bottom into the K, which does absolutely nothing to help them next year, the year after, or the year after. Yes, you can get through this crisis, but are they better off? Do they have they learned skills? Have they done they anything to- Have they learned skills to produce the income moving forward? Yeah, I don't want them to be dependent on a jack-in-the-box or a McDonald's salary, right? An hourly wage. Even if the hourly wage goes to 15 bucks, that's, that is a lot of human capital that we have untapped. We have 40% or whatever is in the bottom shape of the K that if we said, hey, in order to get this, you need to go to college to learn, or not necessarily college, even a trade school. Trade school, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be college because no. most of the time yeah. you only learn five. There's like five degrees in college yeah. that are a skill. The rest of them is nonsense. Nonsense. Yeah. Let's get a trade. Let's go. Hey, if you, you know, we, you know, in two years, we want you to have it. Think about construction. Right. 
we lost so many construction workers in the 08 crash. They went back because we stopped building for essentially three years. That's why we're behind the supply. But we need more homes now. Builders are telling us there's not enough qualified labor. And if we do an infrastructure bill, which I think this administration is going to do on top of the 1.9, let's have a, let's have a trade school for labor, like construction and cement and steel and all of that. Let's have those. Workers, yeah, let's, let's go. Okay, great. We're going to feed you for the next six months while you go to this school so that when you get out, you can make $30 uh, in a union job or $50, whatever those, dude, that would make, and everybody, me as a taxpayer, that's an investment because that person's going to go from contributing nothing to the tax basis to contributing 12, 15, 16%. And we can pull up so many people. Stop giving free money. It helps no one. Right. And well, so I, I mean, my entire family's background is construction, right? And the biggest thing they all run into, I can't find a good worker to save my life. Nobody knows what the hell they're doing. Right. That, that is the story that I hear every day when I talk to someone from back home owns a business like that. Yeah. Um, we can and then fix let's talk that about the um, fucking $15 <laughs> and how that would demolish like and that's inflation because that makes no sense right $15 in San Francisco okay whatever that makes sense for me yeah well I think the national average is south uh, the national minimum is South Dakota yeah and that's like some you're doubling their minimum wage and that'll get you a lot out in that area right let's talk about that and how how does that affect inflation oh dude it's that's so again, setting a federal minimum wage at $15. So let's be clear. The federal minimum wage is seven and a quarter today, last I checked. So you're doubling that. So let's just, let's step back to the San Francisco example. I think the minimum wage in California is like 1465. The minimum wage in San Francisco, I think is like 17 something. So again, this $15 minimum. Yeah. I get, I get it in San Francisco. Oh yeah, sure. What I'm, what I'm trying to say here is this $15 minimum, federal minimum wage doesn't impact everybody doesn't impact California a nit, but it impacts South Dakota, Mississippi, Arkansas. And I'm just naming states that have the federal minimum wage because I've looked into this. What you're going to do overnight is you are going to crush small and medium-sized businesses overnight. 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 They can't afford it, right? Um, So you will have immediate business closures. Second, you're going to have inflation because like, you won't be able to sell a hamburger for 99 cents or $3 or whatever it is. It'll cost be of labor's too high. Yeah. Cost of labor. And then, oh, by the way, the input costs, right? Because all oh, by the way, not only the cost of labor, but go back to the people that made the bun and the people that had the hamburger and the people that made the lettuce, all of their wages went up as well. So talk about food input, food costs, just freaking bananas. Um, so you're going to have incredible business closures. You're going to actually have more unemployment than less, and you're going to have consumer inflation. And oh, by the way, the people that don't want to make the rich richer, you're going to see rents explode because <laughs> you're not making more houses, right? Back to money chases goods. Unless you're fixing the supply of homes and you just raise the hourly wage as the input cost, the landlords are going to be the only ones smiling because they're going to take their $300 rental and make it 500 Yep. It's just bananas. It's not a good idea. Um, it's just silly. Yeah, I don't, I don't really get any of it. That is, but I mean, I feel like we've covered most of it, right? Because I do feel like it's, I do. Uh, well, 
there's just nothing left. I truly think that you need to get all of your money into some type of asset. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm unlike you, right? To where I haven't built my portfolio and I'm okay and happy with it, right? Mm -hmm. For me, I buy, if I get any cash, yeah. I want to, we have an Amazon store and I feel like that's somewhat commodities. Yeah. And then we're about to buy another, well, we are getting a Walmart store too, right? To oh, where nice. we're on Walmart. And that's whatever, that's some type of commodities and we hold some real estate. Mm -hmm. but like I'm not willing to even sit that long on my cash because I just want it still deployed. And everything. Yeah, what I would tell you to do is you, you, because cash at least currently is the, is the way you run your business, the way you pay your bills, right? You keep a little, you got to figure out what your comfort number is, right? I'm just going to make stuff up. You're always going to have 30 grand for the just in case. Again, I'm just making stuff up. But yeah, everything after that, you just peel off and deploy because you've already proven you can make money. So after that 30K, it's not interesting. But yeah, it's, that's, what, that's what most people should think. And let's talk about that. Most people don't realize, and I put this on my, I guess you call it a, I don't know what's called, stories, I guess, in Facebook. I'm reading Richer Than a Millionaire. And it basically, the line I highlighted, basically becoming wealthy starts at home, right? You got to live on less. You got to sacrifice. People don't get that. So what you're doing, you're taking excess capital and deploying it in assets to produce more cash is genius. You should be doing that. And I want to congratulate you for that. Thank you. Well, that, I mean, that's all you can do. I mean, I have a little bit different philosophy on building wealth than you do, because I don't think you can save, right? I don't think you need to focus on skimming. I think you need to focus on how can I get a better job how can I go do something else that is going to create me more revenue mm -hmm. rather than like, well, I got to cut out Starbucks. I got to cut out this. I got to cut out that. Cause that's not going to get you like, that's not going to get you the cash to buy into the things you need to buy into to actually build wealth. Yeah. There, I mean, it's, it's always a, so both of those are the absolute right answer. No question. Um, you do need to think about increasing income, whether that's getting a different job or building a side hustle, right? Cause again, all of that can add income. Uh, I have just seen, again, most people, when I talk to them, already think they're working hard or enough. They're not interested in that. Well, so if you're not interested in increasing the top line, you only got cutting expenses. You have, again, one, you have yeah. one option, right? And again, I can go back to my experience at 30 years old, making six figures going, holy shit, I'm spending so much on wants because it shows up in my account and I spend it. We Again, we lived on 50% of our income after a couple of years. If you do that, you create enough dollars so you can deploy and keep moving forward. But yeah, both of those are important. It's just a chicken and egg conversation. So do both, but I think one comes first. Yeah. Um, well, how do you feel about Amazon and Walmart? Because like that, I'm a big fan of the e-commerce just for the potential upsides. Mm -hmm. I've researched one like with an FBA store. It's a sellable asset now, right? To where it's a, I own a business. Mm -hmm. We have a warehouse that houses everything else. I can sell it on multiples because it runs. I don't have to take profit out. Yeah. And then someone else like, okay, this gives me a 20% return. Cool. Yeah. So I've done absolutely, so do I have done absolutely no research on it. I did look at it after you told me you got your Amazon store and one of our other friends got one. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's interesting. Um, there's certainly a possibility there. Uh, it's not, um, you're not, you're not building a moat, right? Which means other, other people can come in and build stores as well, right? It's all the commodities are all the same goods. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out in three to four years if, when competition rises. And oh, by the way, I think you're at the disposal of Amazon and Walmart, which right now they seem open. Like Walmart saw what Amazon was doing. It was like, holy right. shit, I got to do that too. You know, 
could outside regulation or them become more closed in the future? Maybe. That is one thing you're, you're, you're beholden to whatever they feel like, right? If Amazon's like, you know what? I don't like you no more. And we run into that, right? Yeah. You don't like you no more. Your store's on pause for a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Troubling. Yeah. And, and again, that doesn't necessarily have to be your store. You could have one or two really bad actors that get a lot of press. And Amazon's like, fuck it. This is reputation risk. I'm shutting this down. Yep. Right. That's very possible. Right. So again, I think there's, I mean, it's interesting. I think you're doing the right things. Um, there's, I mean, I won't be buying one just as, I mean, as an example, but again, I'm so. But like, it's not in your plan, right? You already, you already built your portfolio. You have your cash flow to where with me, I'm looking to buy more no, and more, totally more cash flow. No, I think it's a good idea. Yep. Good idea. Um, yeah. And then we, one thing I thought when we were talking about it, sub twos were going to be huge, right? There's no need, like it's, the sub twos that come to me are so one off because no one's getting kicked out of their house anyways. What's exactly. the point even taking my deal for them? Sub twos in our market, or at least I'll call the Central Valley because you're in more markets. The only one I'm, the only one we are in together is the Central Valley. Um, there won't be a lot of sub twos this year. Last no. year, I thought there would be. Right. It's I thought all, we were going to get a ton. Yeah. And it's coming. But until we get past this eviction and foreclosure, crisis basically what's going to happen is the next recession all these people buying with three and a half percent down they're they're one recession away from losing their home and right now the federal government has said we are going to pay everybody we're going to print money left and right so there's really no pain right there's there's that sounds wrong there's a lot of pain but it's not at the asset level right there's right. It's asset. Not the asset level and what's it called the reason there was a ton of short sales and everything else is because like there's just no equity in those deals. Exactly. There's still equity being built up in all these to where they can still sell conventionally. Exactly. And be okay. Like there's not a lot of pain like that to where with a sub two, like I'll take it, whatever. I, I'm okay with sitting on your debt for 30 years. Yeah. Right. But yeah. right now. There's just no value. Yeah. Yeah. And it's coming. It's just, I would have never guessed we would have foreclosure moratoriums for 18 months. That's what it's going to be at the end of this 18 months. I would have never guessed that. When is it supposed to come back on? I have one rental uh-huh. to where they're working with the current homeless program and the current homeless program is about to pay me six months of back rent. And then they're going to pay their rent for the next three months. Yeah. I think it's, I think right now, I think it's September. I don't know. It's just nonsense. How much, how back are you? How much do people owe you? I think I'm down like 75 grand. Right. That's a ton of cash. <laughs> yes. yes. That's a ton of cash. And think about someone, and I was in an argument with someone the other day, to where let's say you own 10 rentals. Yeah. You have a normal job. You lose your job in the pandemic. Five-year rentals quit paying. You are losing money at that point in time because like, there's stuff that's still happening. Oh, you yeah. have to pay attorneys to get them out. Like, it's, they act like the moment. Like, Dude, I, had to put, I had to put a $6,000 AC heater on one of my houses that the tenant owes me 20 grand. Right. That's just not okay, but you had to do it. And well, you only, I think the misconception with landlords is like, you're only making 300 bucks a house, dude. Yeah. You're not making tons of money. Like it takes quite a few houses to stack up for it to even mean something. Yeah. Even if that tenant was paying, I would have lost money on that house this year. Yep. Exactly. Like it kills your cash flow for that year. All of it. The only way you can do it is at scale, right? To where you have quite a few. Mm-hmm. I think the number one thing people do is like, oh, I got 
Like I have enough money to cover my bills and my rentals and stuff. Yeah. But then one thing goes bad, then what? Yeah. Yeah. Many of our friends that have gotten into the game realize that only having one or two or three is not enough. Oh no. We have three right now that brings us close to like 1800 or something in like cash flow. Nice. It's but better like than it's, zero. It's better than zero, but like it's, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that's not enough, dude. You have <laughs> one thing go wrong, dude. it's over. Yeah, that's, I mean, six grand. I mean, you had one roof mount AC heater combo go out. That's, you know, you, you're down. It takes you four months to get back to zero. Yep. Just straight bananas. I don't yeah. know what's going to go on. Yeah. So the state and federal governments have basically told mom and pop landlords, you're screwed. And right. yeah, that's just how it is. So that, that's where I think the pain's going to come first. I think, I think we need to find mom and pop landlords. Um, but this is what I think is going to happen. They're going to get through this. They're going to kick the tenants out and they're going to sell them because what do we they need? Again, because the market's high and they're not stupid. Yeah. And then as a landlord, I get to raise my rents. Like I didn't tell you yet because I teased it on the financially news. Fresno's rents up 11% year on year. Number two in the country, only behind Boise, Idaho. That's crazy. And Boise is blowing up. Oh yeah. Blown up. Fresno's right behind 1%, behind 11%. So owning a bunch of rentals in California, Fresno, California is a nice place to be. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. Well, that's about all the questions I have. I think people I, just should at least know yeah. what's going on with inflation, how it works and everything yeah. else and how to defend against it. Right. Cause I don't think anybody really know, like they just hear inflation. Yeah. But then they don't like, okay, well, like, what do I do? Yeah, I agree with you. Like, what I, the, do I do? What should be done? How can I stay protected? Especially if you're just a regular old guy and then you do have a bunch of cash and you're kind of looking into getting into stuff. I think real estate is an awesome way to do it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you, if, you're, if you are looking to build family or legacy, I mean, what's the big word on social media is legacy wealth. At least that's what I see. Um, the only way you're going to do it right. is with real estate. It's index, it, it's 30 year debt. It's inflation protected on both the asset and rent. You, you, you just need to, earn, to your point, you need to earn more money at the top so you can spit out more assets and just build that foundation and let the, let the rising tide take care of you. So I think it's a good plan. All right, awesome. man. Thanks for your time.